0: You're listening to episode one. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really... I am the number one student, so get ready for amazing coaching tips family to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Journal's podcast where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week and today I'm super excited to have uh, as a feature guest, Mr. Andrew Ford. Andrew, are you ready to share your story as an entrepreneur? Absolutely,
1: David. Let's get going.
0: Fantastic. Well, Andrew is the founder of Social Star, a uh, personal brand marketing agency specializing in building online brands for individuals and businesses in order to attract more career and/or business opportunities. Now, Andrew, before we talk business, uh, perhaps just take thirty seconds to tell us who is Andrew Ford, just a little bit about your non-business uh, personal background. Sure.
1: So, um, thanks for having me. Firstly, and my business, Social Star. Uh, is what we talk about in the future, but behind Social Star is, you know, a dad, um, someone who loves sport and exercise and believes, you know, a lot about fitness, um, and someone who, uh, you know, is generally interested in other people's businesses outside of work. <laughs> so I do a lot of, I do a lot of, uh, uh discussions with people away from my desk, because um, I just love entrepreneurship and I love the startup community in Melbourne. It's, uh, very vibrant and thriving and, uh, you know, apart from my kid duties and uh, my fitness regime, that's really where I'd like to hang out.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that, Andrew. Now, let's quickly dive into your business life. Um, how long have you been in business?
1: So, the business social side has been around for three years. We uh, That's when we were incorporated. Um, but interestingly enough, I was running the business for about 18 months before that while I was still working in corporate. So I started the business part time, ran it, developed it, uh, you yeah, know, built it up, and then uh, at a certain juncture in my corporate career, I decided to leave and you know, full time uh, in the business. So three years on, and we're uh, we're growing strongly.
0: That's fantastic. And tell us a little bit about your revenue streams in Social Star. So what do those look like? Um, are you just doing coaching or selling products? So how does that work? So
1: we, we have multiple income streams, um, but the, the business right now is really a consulting business. So mm-hmm. we, I do coaching, uh, a little bit, uh, but it's mm-hmm. not my mainstream. I do a bit of speaking as well, um, but they're more marketing elements to get people into our core business, which is building people's personal brands. So in that we build websites, LinkedIn profiles, take, do photography and writing. Um, and do digital marketing to help someone promote their brand and their business because most most entrepreneurs, they are their business and their brand is their company brand at the initial uh, phase. And we do have some larger accounts that we've been working with for a while who have grown and then we end up running uh, some of the digital marketing for their business, you know, building their, their company websites as well uh, along the same lines that we, you know, of e So making their business or their company more attractive online. Um, so it all feels in the same philosophy. It's the same tools. It's just, you know, once the person's built their own brand, they need to build their business brand. So we do that as well.
0: I'll come back to how you're, you're helping your clients in and around personal branding and business branding, but I want to dive just very quickly into how you got the courage to leave corporate. Um, or whether that was always something on your agenda and was just waiting for for the right time. Because um, I know in my in my personal background, I've been in corporate for a long time, and it's um it's quite a challenge to to step out and go on your own. Can you just take our listeners um onto that journey and how how it all transpired for you at that time?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great question, and and you know uh, being in our situation with children, with responsibilities, financial commitments. Uh, and time commitments, it's very very difficult to go and start a business. Um, but the challenge we have is that you know this is the time when we generally feel the need to go and do something for ourselves. When we've built up our corporate careers, we've 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 been successful, we've made a lot of money for a company, and now it's time for us to do something for ourselves. Um, almost before it's too late, if you like, um, you know it's never never too late. You can do it when you're when you're 60 and retired. However. However, the, the, the feeling comes on uh, a lot of the time in the late 30s uh, and into the 40s for uh, for the corporate escapees like myself. So so in my situation, I always wanted to start a business. Um, I worked in my family's small business and that gave me the, the love of working and, and basically serving people, you know, and helping people out. In the corporate art, you know, was big and exciting and I had tremendous opportunities of travel and money and those things uh, and big resources, you know, big campaigns. However, I, I, it lacked the soul um, and the satisfaction of the small business where, you, where you're really involved with clients and you're really helping them. So I always wanted to return to that and I, I did a Master's of Entrepreneurship in order to, to try and give me the skills um, because that was the only thing available back then. This is over 10 years ago. Um, you know, there wasn't, you know, the entrepreneurial community that we have today. So I did that and uh, had a few tries at startups. um none of which um, sort of made it to, to life. Uh, and then, you know, people started asking me for my advice, um, you know, to basically consult on digital marketing uh, and branding. And so what happened was I started to go, okay, well, you know, sure, I'll help you out. And then we developed some methodologies and realized we had, wow, we've got these skills that people, you know, are craving and they don't have. And so we started charging for it, you know, very small amounts at the start, and then more and more. And before you knew it, we had a business that was making money. And I hadn't planned at this stage on leaving my corporate career because of my responsibilities. However, funny how the universe comes to play a hand. Um, I, I really did want to leave, but I couldn't bring myself to let go of the income. And then came, a, you know, a major confrontation with the CEO of the company I was working for. And, you know, after that confrontation, I just made a decision in my mind that that's it. I'm not going to do this anymore and left immediately and started my business the very next day or, or continued on that business the very next day and took it real. and I haven't looked back since. So, you know, it's, it, it comes to, um, you know, a crux. There'll be a point in time when, you know, you're not able to do the business anymore, you, you know. You'll create a sickness. You will create a retrenchment. You'll create, you know, like I did, a confrontation. You'll only do what you don't want to do for so long before, you know, you're unconscious will create a situation or an opportunity, as I took it, to do what you really want to do. And, you know, I've been preparing for 18 months to start this business, so I had a lot of the assets. Um, however, the interesting thing was that the two, my two biggest clients at the time was the CEO of the company I worked for and the founder. <laughs> so I basically, I didn't have any clients when I started, and uh, I had, but I had methodology and branding and a whole bunch of other things already set up. Um, and you know, I lived what I told my clients. I built my brand um, and used that leverage to create my first client set. And, you know, I only had three months to be profitable and, you know, it was my payout and I made it in three months so I, you know, could continue building the business after that.
0: So, um, Andrew, who was your very first client after you left um, and you actually went out full time in Social Star? Or do you remember that story?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what happened was I had, um, you know, in my network, I'd already built up a good network on LinkedIn um, in preparation. And uh as in my methodology and attraction, we wait we we get the clients to come to us rather than go out and find the clients. So I had a phone call from uh a person who I used to work with and she was changing jobs. And she had just got the job of a social media marketing manager for one of the largest companies in Australia. And she when we worked together, she was great at managing the you know, the relationships with the executive board and I was great at doing the work. So, when she got that job, because she was highly visible, she didn't really understand digital social media. (laughs) So, so she employed me firstly to build her brand. Um, So, I I helped her get onto Twitter and and build her profile there. We built her LinkedIn profile. We built her a personal website and all the things we do today Um, and and gave her the insights into all the, the methodologies that we use in order to build, you know, to build business. And so she went, uh, and, you know, went, got that job and was very successful in that. Um, so that was our first client, our first paying client, uh, in that regard. That was a, that was a great kickstart because it was, you know, one of the biggest companies in Australia and we were advising them on, and we continued to advise even, uh, helping them set up the, the CEO who then went on to Twitter and, uh, helped build their LinkedIn profile. So we were behind the scenes guiding the, the person who um, actually doing the work, so that was that was really, that was a great job because it was very fulfilling.
0: You, you mentioned there, Andrew, you wait for clients to come to you. That's an incredibly tough place to be in if you're just getting started or a philosophy to to fully believe in. What do you do when it dries up? Yeah,
1: and and that's a great question because it's not just sitting in your office waiting for the phone to ring. What it means is that I don't go out there and try and sell to people. What I need them is to decide to buy from me. However, we do positioning. We do information. We make sure that when they have the need, we're the people that they find. So, for instance, um, when we first started, you know, I needed a lot of clients quickly. And so we actually did a promotion. So we partnered with a, a group called Key Person of Influence who I, who I already have a relationship with. I was doing some work with them. And we did a promotion and we did this creative, as just a bag drop, you know, into one of their events. But we did it in a very creative way and they'd never seen a response to, to one of these backdrops drops that we'd had. And what it did is, all it did is gave people, um, uh, you know, a 20-minute brand assessment, right, and for a limited number. So, so that was a traditional sort of marketing element to get that. But they had to fill in the form. They had to opt in to talk to us. So that's what I mean by coming to us. So we don't just sit there and do nothing. We might blogs, we might do podcasts, we might do interviews, we might go and speak in front of audiences. But if I speak in front of an audience I don't go out there and then try and convert those people. The people who resonate with the material, have a need and and like us, and you know, to be honest they have to like us and find us credible, will come to us. They will approach me and ask me for a meeting. And if they do that then they're serious. The people who I have to chase, I find that, you know, when I did do that, we keep chasing them down the road because, you know, when I'm chasing someone, what do they do? They run away, right? Mm -hmm. What we do is we stand in and and get them to come to us and then we walk together uh, along with the project. And we find that, you know, because to be honest, you know, even though we're specialists in personal branding, we have a unique methodology, people consider us in the digital marketing, social media realm, and there's thousands of agencies that do that. So for me to call someone who I don't know and offer my services that we get zero attention. So we need to position ourselves differently and then wait for them to see the difference and then walk towards us. And it's very important that they make the first steps. Otherwise, we're, as I said, we're chasing them down the street and we just don't do that. We don't have time for that. You know, we're too busy just dealing with the clients that's coming to us. Um, and we find that once you build that, um e you know, material, which is you know the the online presence, the reputation, um, and do good work because there's no you know there's no way to market bad products. You have to have good products. That um, the business just keeps growing and growing, and growing based on the referrals and the material that you have out there. So it's just different type of work. Instead of push marketing, we do pull marketing, which is is a different type of marketing, and we find it works better.
0: That's interesting. So my question is this, Andrew: How do you get um, a recognised brand like key person of influence to um, have that first opportunity? Was that just a prior relationship, or how would you, how would somebody just getting started reach out to somebody like that um, and create that that scenario where you're essentially leaning on their network for them to allow it to pass on this this referral? And was there some referral? Arrangement between them and yourselves.
1: When I was in corporate, I ran lots of entrepreneurial events, and I because my dream was to start a business, I got stuck into the you know the startup community and to make network and to um, learn. So I'd already done a master's degree in this, and I was quite proficient at digital. And so I ran the first startup weekend in Melbourne, and Glenn Carlson, who uh, is the co-founder of KPI, he came along. Because they were looking to start KPI in Melbourne, and he needed to form relationships, so he actually came to my event, and I was the judge of um, of the weekend. He was a coach. He saw me there. We met, and then you know formed a bit of a, a you know a small relationship. And then when they ran their first event, which was about twenty five people in a pub in South Melbourne, I came along to that as kind of a favour to him for coming to my event, and that was the first KPI session. You know. Now, now there's 600 people, you know, events in you know, 10 cities around the world, so they've kind of grown a lot. Um, but, but, but we formed that relationship then, um, and then we continued on. So he needed a judge for his pitch contest at the end of his events, so I did that uh, gratis, and I did that for many years, um, and so I'd already built the relationship. You know, you can't you can't lean on a relationship, which is a great term you use then, um, unless you have that. So... When I say when people say to me, how do I how do I start getting deals? I start I say start giving value. Don't don't ask to get, start giving. So go out there and do free presentations. Offer work for free. Go and help people. And the more you give will be the more you get in return. But if you go out there just seeking to, to take People don't resonate with that. You know, you you, you can't go out there to a new market and say, you know, I want to, I want to start making money. So, you know, can you please give me some? You need to go out there and saying, how can I help you? How can and you help someone and they give you a referral, or they talk about you to somebody else, or they invite you to present, or they want you to contribute on their book, or you know, that's the way. You've got to build the the groundswell of interest in what you do. Cause you've got to, you've also got to prove your credibility. No one buys from you unless they, they like you and they think you're credible. So when you're unknown, you can't sell. Yes. So you need to be, uh, you know, people to know who you are and then you've got to do the work so they think you're credible and then they will buy. It's, It's only after you've done that for a while and you've established a reputation that then you will get referrals based on your reputation, not on direct, you know, Someone who's actually done work with you. So from, from the outset, if you're just getting started, you've got to go and do work. If you want to be a speaker, you've got to speak. If you want to be a writer, you've got to write. And if you have to do it for free, great, do it for free. You know, mm. that, that's called marketing. You could do paid ads and spend money to attract people to you. My recommendation is to do the effort and it doesn't cost you any money. It costs you time and it costs you obviously the opportunity cost of making money from that time. However, it's an investment in the future, and you know the people who I helped years ago still give me referrals today. So you know you win over an advocate, someone who you know you've helped out and they've they've loved the work that you've done, and they're they're your marketing engine. You know they're they're, and you get hundreds of those people, and you can't spread your your information wide enough as those people. Because sure, I can do a Facebook ad and reach a hundred thousand people and that's great. However, they don't trust ads, but they, they trust the people who have worked with me and have influence over that referral. So that is referral marketing is, um, is the best marketing you can do. However, it's a, it's not just a, um, from doing business perspective because think about this. So I've done some great work with somebody. And they refer me to someone else as Andrew Ford. That person then is going to Google me and then go and look me up online. And I need to look very credible and have the right types of messages and the enough content for that person to have tr- trust and faith for me and contact me. And that's where the gap is in a lot of these is that people go out there and go, Andrew, I'm doing the speaking and I'm doing the blogs. And I go, great. So when people Google you, can they find you easily? Can they find you in lots of different places? Because you can't, you don't know where they're going to look you up. They might choose to look you up on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Google. You don't know. And then when they do, do you look great? You know, not just average, but do you look great? And so that's the type of work that we do. And that's how attraction starts. Yeah, that's a whole methodology in how to, to build that, but start by giving it away and putting in lots of effort.
0: Now, Andy, you went away and you also Authored a book.
1: Creating a powerful brand
0: is the is the name of the book.
1: the The reason I wrote the book is I never aspired to be an author, to be honest. I don't consider myself an amazing writer. However, I think I am you know have some skills in communication and teaching. And what I found was that you know I can go and do lots of presentations, which is my favourite way of communicating because I, I love meeting people. However, I can't reach enough people and it can't give them the depth that a book can. So the format of writing a book is still a really valuable format. People say that, you know, print's dead, and it might be true in terms of newspapers and magazines, but you know, books are still alive and well and thriving because people still want, you know, really good content. And and uh and books are still the best way to do that from from my mind. So I went about and, and, and KPI actually stimulated the, the thought process in my mind of writing a book um, because that's a key part of their methodology. So when they when started talking about, um, you know, writing a book, I'm like, it's a great idea. And I just happened to make, meet a, a book writer who helps me write books and we got together and, you know, that, that kick-started the journey. But writing a book to me was extremely challenging. So, so there's a lot of people um, self-publishing today But when I started doing it, it was very new and there wasn't many uh, opportunities around. So I just did old school, got a laptop, locked myself in a room, you know, (laughs) pounded out the the, you know the words, made a lot of mistakes along the way. But at the end, I think I got a book that people you know say that they really value and it gives them good insights. It's very practical, you know, which is my style. it's going to be practical and useful, and you know, it's it's a great way of opening a conversation. So. I've had people who have ref- who's got my book from someone who's given it to them um, and they've called me to say, you know, love your book, you know, how did we work together? So it, it can be a very effective way of, of marketing as well.
0: And I would add that I have read your book um, which I read on a plane going overseas and I actually left a copy of it with um, somebody that I mentor and um, they loved it and uh, they can't wait for you to get out there. So. Anybody who's listening, who's thinking about, you know, how to build a powerful personal brand, definitely get your hands on that book. And I know we'll talk about this at the end, but um, where's the best place for people to grab your your book, Andrew?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, on my personal website, you can get a free copy of my book, um, which is www.andrewford.com.au. Uh, you can just do forward slash book and get right there. Um and the reason I give it away for free, um, so you can get an e-copy for free or you just pay for postage and we'll send one out, is that, you know, books are about knowledge and, and knowledge is power. And the, the fundamental belief that I, my why of why I started the business, is that I believe people deserve to love what they do every day. I, I saw people at work who I considered great. They'd, they'd almost given up on life. They were just going through the motions, punching the clock. Um, because they just didn't like what they did, and they did it for 10 hours a day, 5 days a week. I'm like, that's soul destroying. Now, not to say that corporates are all like that. I had amazing times when I was there. Hard times, but also some just fantastic times. So, but but if, if you know that you don't want to be there, don't be there. Get a different job, change your career. You can work for somebody, work for yourself, I don't care. But get into something that you're passionate about, because life's Seriously too short. People say it, it's a cliche, but it is true. And you can earn money doing so many things. There's never been a better time to get into something that's niche, that is, is truly what you love to do, because it's just unlimited opportunities. You know, I mean 10, 15 years ago, you know, it was, it was very difficult to start a new business or to join something of a startup or join a new, you know, interesting business that's overseas. Today, You can you can reach out and get a job anywhere in the world doing just such a huge variety of different work. I mean, you know, I know people who have quit their jobs and they're driving Uber um, because they enjoy meeting people and they just do it a few hours a week and then they do other things and then they're starting a business and they do two days working for somebody to get cash flow. Like, you can do those things now. It's so flexible. Um, You know, I just love that. I love that you can... Um, you know, I've got friends who are in, you know, multi-level marketing, doing a bit of that, and then they do some speaking, and then they, you know, they're I don't know, an accountant during the day. And I go, it's just great that we we don't have to be locked into something that we hate and do that, you know, for ten hours a day. So, so the book I give the book to people in the hope that I'll spark their inspiration to really follow their passion and do something that they love because it just breaks them alive.
0: Now, a lot of the reasons why people um, kind of stay in those, you know, dead-end jobs or or corporations when they know they they want to do something different is maybe um, fear of failure. Could you maybe just take a moment to, to share what has been sort of the worst sort of point in your three years in business? What has been what you would call uh, a moment of failure where you sort of felt Am I going to recover from this?
1: Yeah, it's there's many to be honest. It's starting a business is probably the the best personal development program you'll ever do (laughs) because it's 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 really challenging and and there's and there's probably two things I want to talk about. So so the first thing is the closer you are to something, the more it hurts. So the more passionate you are about your idea or your business then the harder it is when things don't go well. So imagine this. So you're in a company and you're working for them and, you know, you like your job, but really just they're, you know, ticking off time, paying the bills. You know, the project you're working on doesn't go particularly well, you know, but you're not going to get into trouble for it. You're like, oh, well, whatever. If you're running your own passion business and, you know, you truly believe that this is helping people and you're, you know, you you love doing it, And it doesn't go well; it's soul throwing you get crushed because you're you're because you love it. You know, the more you love something, the more you're attached to something. Um, the harder it that you know, the harder it is to deal with um, when it doesn't go well. But the cool thing about that is, even though there's these amazing ups and these you know really strong downs, is that through it all, you you feel fulfilled. So I encourage entrepreneurs to embrace the pain embrace the challenge because you will have as much challenge as you have rewards. Thinking that you're going to do anything challenging like start a business and or, or find a new career and it's all going to be just upside is just fantasy. Although it won't all just be downsides either. There will be a balance of the two and you need to enjoy the tough times because they are the most revealing. They're They're the character-defining moments that really is the reason why we do this. And I fully believe that the challenges that we have in, in these business is the uncovering of your true self and, and who you are as a person. And that's the personal development. Because the challenge is what brings out the best of us, sometimes the worst, but also the best of us. And if, and if it's truly the, the most, you know, the thing that you want to do in this world, then you'll push through it. So I give the analogy when I'm, I'm doing speaking of say climbing mountains. Now, I could just jump in a helicopter and land on Everest. You know, there's not, there's only, it's not hard to do, right? However, it's not challenging, so it's not rewarding. I can't go back to my friends and go, oh, I've been to Everest. They'll be, wow, you know, did you climb? No, no, it's an helicopter, right? So I, I can drive my car 42 and a half kilometers and go, I've just done a marathon, but that's not really hard, so it's not worthwhile. The reason people run marathons is because the training's hard, and they learn about themselves, and they get over. You know, they get out there in the cold, and they push through the pain, and that's the reward. Business is no different. So when you come up against those hard bids and those challenges, you go, "Awesome! This is what it's all about. This is the this is the good stuff, right?" When you push through, and off you don't see it at the time, but you definitely do see it later. So recently, and I'll give you a real life example. So Reese, and I could give you many, but this is the, just the most pertinent one. It was only about six months ago. The business we are in is a consulting business, as I said. However, we have aspirations to help more people. And to do that, we need to go online and put all of our information into a way to help more people. So it's a social media site that helps people build their brands automatically without me because I'm I'm just going to be a blockage of time. Now, my book is one way to do it, but it's only information. So... A website that does this can be so much more effective at helping you to build your brand, right? So it can educate and also can give you the tools to actually build it. So, so that's our, that's my dream to build. So I got investment in my business and they gave me some money to start building that tool. And I had two goes of it with two different providers, and both of them ended up with not what I wanted. And we did, and we couldn't build it. But you know what? I spent a lot of money and i and i had this point of time when i had to front up to my board of directors who had given me the money and go i've spent all the money and i don't have the product and you know what i'm i'm spent i'm out of ideas i'm done like i'm I, you know i wasn't going to close down the business or anything but i was i felt like i'd failed that was a you know a very very hard meeting for me to go to because i'm a pretty confident guy and you know i like to succeed and to admit failure was just crushing and and I said, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. And my my investors being true to why I got them involved in the first place, gave me some tough love, gave me some gave me some good advice, and gave me some more money. They gave me a second shot. And they said, Come back next month, you know, get your mojo back, give us a new plan, and let's do this thing. And and that just picked me up no end. So I did exactly that. I came back next month, and I was more enthused than I'd ever been about the business. And we're just off and running now, you know. So we're building the products. We're, you know, it's all sort of coming together. But you know, it was a low moment. I was done. I was. I just lost my faith that I could do this project and to, to fulfill the dream that I wanted, helping more people. And yeah, that was that was a low moment. This is, this is the cool thing about it is that when you're low, people pick you up. And when you're too high and you think you're awesome and everything's going fantastic, someone will bring you down, right? I, I, I try never to get too enthusiastic. People go, oh, you're going great. You know, this is all going well. I go, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, these things are working well, but look over here. We're not, you know, we didn't do that project as best we could. We let that person down. So I never try and get too inflated or too down because you need to have that balance because there's always more to do. There's always things you could have done better and you've got to keep your feet on the ground at all times, I believe.
0: A couple more questions before we wrap this up, Andrew. Um, what was your number one breakthrough moment in the last three years when you kind of knew that this was going to really be your your kind of bread and butter for a long while? Probably happened before um, I went full time.
1: I would say, because um, I've had lots of you know feedback from people about the business and and so forth. Um, so um. Probably the biggest time was when I, uh, was from someone that I, uh, who's a good friend and also a good, a good client. So what happened was we, we started working with this business when I was part-time and we just gave some advice, you know, and, and did some small things for, for this organization. And then, um, when I went full-time, we, we started to expand our services and we started doing IT builds and websites and so forth. And the interesting thing about it is, when we got introduced to this business, I got introduced by a relative, and the relative just introduced us, and we had some advisory work. And then, unfortunately, the relative started to try and get us out of the business for some reason, um, personal issues. But but and and the people who I knew least, you know, the other managers saw the the work we were doing, saw the the results they were getting, and started to double down on us. So even though the person who introduced us was saying, look, these guys, you know, we shouldn't be using them and, you know, yada, 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 these guys had the faith from the business, from the advice that we'd given them, which was solid and sound, and doubled down and and gave us a tremendous amount of business over the long term. So you need those moments of um, people having faith in you and showing you that that the work you do is valuable because you, you, you need that to keep going. because you know, sometimes you, you doubt yourself. You go, look, you know, I'm doing this work and I think it's good, but you know, maybe there's other people who could do this as well. And these people were like, we can't find anyone who does this as well as you. You, you know, we we trust your advice. We've seen it work. We've got results. You know, and here's more of it. And and that at times, you know, really helps us because they're a big company and they gave us lots of work. Um, and they're still our customer today. In fact, we work with them all the time. Um, and those relationships I treasure. I really do. And and you know, it's more than just a business relationship. It's now you know, it evolves into a not just a friendship, but a partnership. And and we take that seriously. So, you know, we we back our work and we stand behind it and it's really nice when customers appreciate it and and you know, they've referred us to plenty of other people and it's really been a, a, a one of the bedrocks of our business. And I think who you know, really gets what you do and values it and and invests continually because you've got to have some sort of, you know, ongoing cash flow. You know, you, you can't go out every month and start from scratch and just get new work. You've got to have that repeat business. Um, so I encourage you to think about that in your, you know, who in your network could could you, you know, work with as a partnership, um, you know, to keep that money coming in.
0: That's That's exciting. I mean, you've used the word referral a number of times and I think it's something that, Everybody needs to be paying attention to And if you're listening to this, you know, leveraging that network and making sure that um we're doing quality work and feeling that we've got something of value to bring. Sometimes as entrepreneurs we may not feel like we've got lots of value to bring, but um, you know, we test that out in small ways as Andrew's been sharing and then begin to just build build on that slowly. Now, Andrew, I wanna just ship very quickly into the last phase of this interview and just fire off a couple of questions to you. Um so, here's a question for you. I want you to tell me whether you rank any of these at all and um, how important they are to you. Faith, fund, family, friendships, finances.
1: Mm. That's a good one. So, for me, family right now in my life is number one. However, to support my family, I need finances. So, I I rank, um, I guess, my family number one, which a lot of people would say doesn't mean I spent, spend all my time with my family, but I have adjusted my life so you know part of the reason for leaving corporate was to have flexibility in my time so that I could spend the time I needed to with my, my kids. Um, however, support that, finances are very important and a lot of people rank money as a, as a low on their value list. Um, however, for me, you know you've got to have a certain amount of money to live and survive and, and thrive. And and I think that we need to make sure that we get paid and we charge and we get paid effectively for what we do. Um, in fact, I just had a client in here who was um, taking me through his new course and he was like, you know, so the first course is free. And I'm like, if you give it for free, people are not going to value that. You know, you need to, you need to charge. And, you know, even from the fact that, you know, when you run events and, you, and the tickets are free, people don't turn up because they don't value it. And so, you know, if they're prepared to pay a small amount to go, then you know that they're actually going to show up. So it's, it's a way better way to run events, I feel. In terms of the other ones, faith for me is in practicing probably lower on the list. Uh, however, I am a spiritual person. I do have a lot of belief. Um, but in terms of practicing, it would be it'd be fairly low. Fun, uh, unfortunately, has been pushed down the list because I'm, I work a lot. I'm okay with that because I feel like at this stage, you know, I've got to invest the time in my business while it's young, in order to make it solid, so that in the future I can, you know, have more enjoyment time with my my friends and family, um, and do the things that I want. And, you know, if you run your own business, you'll realise that there's this sort of five year plus five year time frame. You know, it's five years to get set up and and stable and then five years to grow um, before a potential exit if you're going to exit. And in the first five years, you work all the time. And then in the second five years, you can work less because you generally have other people into the business or systems and you can enjoy life a bit more. But the great thing is that in 10 years, you can retire. Whereas if you work for, you know, a corporation, the first five years, you know, you can have fun and you can work. But the second five years is the same and then you got another five years, another five years, and, and really, retirement's a long way away. So I'd rather do the, the five hard years now, have, you know, and then, you know, in ten years have
0: potential freedom.
1: So that's kind of the, how I rank those values, if you like.
0: Awesome, awesome. Love it. Now, very quickly, give us a 30 second look into a typical day in your life now versus a typical day when you got started in business.
1: Yeah, good. So when I first got started in business, I'll start there. um, I'd get up, I'd drop the kids off, and then I'd go to work, and I would worry, (laughs) and 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 I would, you know, be doing like you said before, doing loads of promotion, marketing, working for free, doing whatever I could to get the brand out there. Because at the start, to be honest, for the first two years, you're still working out who you are and what you want to do. Today. I get up. I drop off the kids. You know, I might run in the morning. Depends on the day. It's too cold at the moment. Um, Go to work, and I serve customers all day long. We're we're fortunate, and I'm grateful that we have enough. You know, demand that we're full. So I'm I'm constantly working on client work and new new client work coming in from referrals because we've established that base. But then I'm also thinking about the future. But instead of worrying so much about the future, I'm now planning the future, and You know, it's taken three years of, to be honest, sleepless nights, you know, working weekends, working holidays um, in order to get to that place. And obviously, you know, I'm only three years into the five years of that hard work. Um, But we're at a spot now where the business is going well. We're planning the, the next phase. In fact, the next digital phase, Social State University is just around the corner. It's only a month or so away. And that's the first iteration of our our dream to, to share, you know, the work that we do with, with many, many more people, um, overseas people as well. So we want to, we want to help the people in, you know, in Asia, such as, you know, just been to the Philippines to help them, you know, change their lives because the stuff that we're doing is to help them break out of the cycle and we want to, you know, we push that. So that's that we're excited about that launching, you know, in just a couple of months today in terms of, you know, what I do logistically is the same, but the, emotional impact of it is way different. And I know what it's like for those people who are just starting out now. You know, every day can be scary. You know, you have, you have ups and downs, but you have a lot of doubt. You have a lot of fear. Um, where's the money going to come from? How are you going to pay the bills? You know, I've been through that. You know, I, I had times when, you know, I had, I had to scrabble to, 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 to make the, the rent bill or the, the wages bill. Um, I went through all of that and inch by inch, day by day, Client by client, it it comes together if you are consistently putting in the effort. And you've got to focus on the right things. I mean, the right things are satisfy your client, make sure you're doing authentically good work because if you don't, in two years' time, you won't have built a referral base and you won't be just sitting back, wait, you know, the jobs are coming in, you'll you'll have to keep keep working for it. You've got to make sure that you do it right. You know, just do your best efforts. It's not going to be perfect. There's a big difference between giving your best and maybe not being perfect to not trying enough. And clients know it and they feel it and they'll reward you for your effort and your goodwill. So, you know, invest in your clients, invest in yourself and put those, you know, just keep going every day and then eventually things get easier and easier and easier and better and better and better.
0: Now, investing in yourself, um, do you invest in mentors? And if you do, who who's, who would you like to share who your current mentors are?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I It's interesting. I, I didn't invest a lot of money in mentorship early on um, just because we were kind of, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to invest. Um, but I did have a lot of people that I worked with and I surrounded myself with good people, just people who I like. You know, I can't network people who I don't enjoy spending time with. So, it has to be people I enjoy and I would help them. You know, the way that I would be around them is I'd help them with what they're working on and in turn they'd help me back. You know, not that I didn't do it for a reason, but, but, you know, it just turns out that way. So the way to get, instead of going out and asking someone for help, go out and offer help to them. So, if you've got a mentor, maybe, you know, what do they need? I mean, I've got a guy who, um, you know, I've, I've thought, he's just the guy who I was talking about with his event. Um, he is, is a great, knowledgeable person about startups. His name's John Perry, so I'll mention him. The way I could spend more time with John, he's got a farm. If he said to me, "We need to get, you know, I'd love to spend some time where I've got to go fix some fences on the farm, i go, mate, I'll fix those fences with you because I know we'll chat and have a beer afterwards and, and I'll get to know a lot, you know, I'll get some knowledge. Do whatever it takes to be closer to these people. You know, read books. I'm, I'm always reading books. Follow good quality people online. I follow um, Dr. John Demartini. I, I, I follow, um, you know, only a, a, quite a few, you know, select people. Roger Hamilton's another one I follow. Um, just because I like their advice, it's consistently good and and solid. Um, so I follow my line, read books, and get closer to them by helping them do something. Um, and that's probably the best thing. Now, right now, I'm in a position when I can afford to, to to you know get official mentoring. So we've, I've got a um, you know a guy who's come on as chairman of my board, Paul Kennedy. Um, he's he's got an amazing depth of marketing knowledge. He's worked for you know some of the biggest brands in the world. Um, as I have, but he's he's just you know had uh, a great variety of experiences and can add a lot to my thinking. So uh, he's a, he's on you know we meet weekly and he's really involved in our business and that's it's been a been a good game changer for me. You know since the moment of my you know the crisis I talked about, we my board and you know insisted that I would bring someone on after that to help me with my mindset, and and Paul was a perfect fit. Uh, and since then we've we've you know really shown some great success because. You know, you've got someone to talk to. You've got someone to bounce ideas off. Um, and I think it's really important. And if you can't afford it, get someone that you can for free. Um, but it's not for free. You've got to do something for them. You've got to help them in some way. Um, you know, look after the kids once a week. Do something for them. You know, everyone needs something, right? And and so, you know, you know, I mean, one of my things that I, I feel, um, uh, you know, kind of strongly about is when, you know, people say, oh, you know, I just want to catch up and, and bend your ear and I go, great, I'd love to have coffee uh, maybe once or twice but when it gets into, okay, they want eight coffees and really they don't want to pay for your advice, they just want free advice, um, really they've got to give something back to you and and it's it's not a fair exchange if they just want to extract, you know, quality information um, without giving something in return yeah. and that doesn't have to be money, it could be something but at least offer something and I think that, you know, um, that, that should be your standard exchange. Make sure you're giving fair value in the world, um, and it will be repaid to you.
0: Best two books you would recommend as must reads, um, standing right next to building a personal brand, building a powerful personal <laughs> brand, which is your book. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, love reading it about people,
0: um, because, you know,
1: all leadership and all change and all entrepreneurship starts with people and their dreams. So the, the two books that I've read that probably impacted me the most, um, would be Elon Musk's biography, which I've just finished. Um, amazing guy, and Steve Jobs. So, both similar ilk, change you know, changing the world in their different industries, um, challenging people to be to be fair, but you know, they've done amazing things. Um, one other book that I think you know really a must read for a lot of people who are looking to leave business, though, it's, it's a book by Doctor John Demartini called Inspired Destiny. And, and that's a book that helps you uncover what you're passionate about. And that's, it's a foundation book that I recommend for my clients to, you know, when they're in that decisive mode of, oh, you know, I really want to leave, but should I and so forth. This will, this will help solidify what it is that you really want to do in this world. And once you know it, you can't unknow it and you can't stop it.
0: <laughs> now, Andrew, I want to just take a moment to appreciate your, your time and, um, Everything that you have been able to, to pour into our listeners today and, uh, really grateful for even, um, offering all that knowledge, uh, for free. And I know people would really value that. Now to wrap it up, just before we, we close the show, I want to ask you this final question. Um, what would you say is the legacy that you want to leave, um, and be remembered for and why? Sure. Uh,
1: my, my big dream, my big vision is to help um, school children and university graduates to start thinking about their dream and their passion and creating that uh, into the world because a lot of the generation that we have in um, Gen X, um, it's very challenging and, and only a small percentage of us will get out and do what we really love to do. However, influencing people when they're young and getting them to believe that they can actually do these things and realistic dreams, not you know, I'm going to play for the you know NBA. Um, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm five foot ten. It's not going to happen, right? So, so not unrealistic dreams. You know, I'm going to be a pop singer. I'm going to you know make millions of dollars. I'm talking about realistic dreams and following them with passion and commitment and work. Um, I think there needs to be more of that. And and from what I've said, it's not taught in schools and it's not taught at university. So I want to be an adjunct to That education system to help people understand what they're passionate about and give them the tools to actually start building towards that even before they've finished, you know, their traditional education. Because that will change the world. If everybody followed their dream and genuinely loved what they did, I think the world would be a very different place. You know, you don't need, you know, cruxes like drugs and alcohol when you're happy in your life. And a lot of people are not happy because they're lost and they don't have fulfillment because they're not doing anything that they're passionate about. So, it's a big dream, you know, one person at a time, one project at a time, but you know, on my, you know, at the end of my time when my kids are looking down at me, I hope they're seeing that I, I, I was a spark that helped people, even if it's a few hundred or a few thousand, to change their lives and, and to live a life of, of passion.
0: Well, that is absolutely amazing. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Andrew today. Hope you had as much fun as I did. But more importantly, my hope is that you can get your hopes up that you are good enough to chase your dreams. And uh, remember to head on over to businessgenerals.com for all the show notes. Just type Andrew in the search bar and his show notes will pop up with everything we talked about today which is super, super cool. And that special gift to you from Andrew is going to be found at andrewford.com.au slash book. Remember to jump on there and grab your free copy of Andrew's book. Again, that's a fantastic book. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the Business General's podcast today and for sharing your story with us. For that, we are grateful you are a true Business General.
1: My pleasure, mate. Great to talk to you again.
0: Hey, what's up, Business General's family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Journal's podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.